and welcome to the Hawaii Vacation Connection. My name is Bruce Fisher. Thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you for this Monday, February 3rd, 2014. This is our 643rd episode. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are, wherever you may be in this world. So glad you're here. We've got a lot of ground to cover today. We're going to be talking about all about public beach access here. It's a question that comes up a lot. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Also have a little bit of news for you as we get through the show. This podcast is brought to you by us. We're the owners of Hawaii Aloha Travel. We're in Hawaii. We're Hawaii's experts. And you can catch us on the web at www.hawaii-aloha.com. Just start there. You find everything you need to know about us. If you're planning a trip to Hawaii, hey, you've come to the right place because that's all we talk about here. That's all we do. We help you plan that trip. We're hoping to also earn your business. So check us out. 1-800-843-8771, hawaii-aloha.com. Okay, we got, uh, today's really a tough day for me, especially. It's uh I woke up this morning only to get some really, really sad news that my mother had passed away. And, you know, when a, when something like that happens, you know, a rush of emotions always come over you. It's an unexpected, idiosyncratic event. And I've just been all over the place today. My mother was 95 years old and she lived a very full life. And I am going to miss her. And it's just been a very upsetting day. So I'll do my best to get through the show. I wasn't here last week. And that's for a whole nother reason. We had um, an anticipated, unexpected uh, rush of business that I had to take care of. So I skipped last week, and that made me think I got to come in here today, even though uh, the sad tragedy that I'm facing. I'll be headed out to Florida uh, to be with my family and to mourn the loss of my mom. Uh, we'll be leaving here on Wednesday, so next Monday... There won't be a podcast. I will try to do one when I get back. So for the next couple of weeks, a little bit of a weird schedule here. Uh, but uh, before you know it, we'll be back on track. All right, let's get to it. a little bit of news here. Uh, the first one is, you know, on the Big Island, on the Hilo side, there are really very nice hotels there. It's in a beautiful area, and there's lots of reasons for that. I'm not really going to get into all the reasons, but it has to do with legalities and leases and the kind of land that's over there. But you can't find a decent hotel room there. There is a property called the Nani Loa, and that's uh, they call it the Nani Loa Va- uh, Volcanoes Resort because it's in the Hilo side. It's very close to volcano. And over the years, the property has gone through several ownerships, and more recently, it went through a bankruptcy, and it was uh, purchased by a group for about $7 million. What a deal. So they got the whole Hilo Nani Loha to hotel, but we find out now that Aqua Resorts, which is soon to be Aston, is going to take over it. And it looks like it's got a good future there. So I just think we could use some more really good properties over there. There's the, the Hilo Hawaiian, which is pretty good, but that hasn't been renovated in a while either. They have a great restaurant there though, by the way. And uh, so we'll be keeping an eye on that. Speaking of the Big Island, I want to tell you about a new place there over at uh, Dave Levins's new market and cafe. This is a two-acre uh, property that he's got over there. And it's just a great gathering place in the uh, Kealakekua area over on, on, um, on the Big Island. And that's more towards the Kona side. And there's lots of really unique food that's there. There's a beverage bar. There's a nice little store that has like this little anai you can eat out on. And it's just a great place for visitors to relax uh, if you're going to be in that neck of the woods. There's not a whole lot of places there to eat, so this is a really good addition to the area. They're also committed to serving a lot of local produced products. 
And they even have a little demo area where you can sample some of the and see some of the uh, work that local artisans make. So it's just a fun little place and wanted to let you know about that. I don't know if you heard about the latest craze here in Hawaii. It's called the ramen burger. We talked about it a few months ago when we first heard about it on our blog. And then since then, the guy who created this thing, uh, Kaizo Shiamoto, he... He created this this ramen burger. Okay, what it basically is it's it's ramen. Uh, it, it takes the place of the bun, like a ramen noodle, and it's like shaped like a bun, and it's um, really tasty. Apparently, I haven't had one of these, but they kind of have starch in it, so it stays together like a bun. And you eat the ramen with the noodle, which always noodles and, and that's noodles and burger meat. You know that always goes pretty good. So I understand it's it's to die for. Well, there's a local chain store here that decided to create their own ramen burger. They're calling it something else, L&L Drive-In. And now there's a lawsuit that's brewing between the guy who created the ramen burger and this L&L Drive-In. So it's going to be interesting how that plays out because apparently his brother, the guy who invented this uh, ramen burger, is a lawyer and he thinks that uh, there's uh, some U.S. patent infringement stuff going on here. So <laughs> the ramen burger is in a deep controversy. Um, I don't know if you saw the Super Bowl. I'm sure you saw our Hawaii-born Bruno Mars. And a lot of people don't know Bruno Mars was born in Hawaii. If you don't know that, yes, he was. He was born right here on Oahu. He's Filipino. His real name isn't Bruno Mars. I don't know his real name. I do know his real I didn't know his real name. I don't know it off the hand. I can't remember it. But uh, he used to live here in Hawaii, Kai, and everybody knows this kid because he used to play Little Elvis. He used to play Dual Limitation of Elvis. Well, he made it to big Super Bowl fame this weekend, this, this weekend at the Super Bowl. I hope you had a chance to see him, but he was uh, scheduled a concert, three concerts here, and they sold out in less than an hour. All three shows. Shows you the popularity of that guy, but we're so proud of Bruno Mars. So if you haven't heard his music, you probably, I mean, I don't know anybody who hasn't heard of his music at this point. But uh, just a great family and uh, wishing him all the luck and he's really representing Hawaii. And I just loved the performance because it was really raw, I thought. You know, it was, there wasn't a lot of pomp and circumstance, which you, you know, which you kind of gotten used to seeing at the Super Bowl. We're kind of used to these big show numbers, but this was really just music, you know, him and the Chili Peppers, you know, so I was kind of impressed with the, uh, with the performance. Anyway, I guess I'm partial too. <laughs> we love Bruno Mars in Hawaii. Anyway, I wanted to talk today a little bit about beach access in Hawaii because, you know, all the beaches in Hawaii are really public places and the recent swells that have been hitting up on the North Shore have really brought the whole topic of the beaches to the public's attention and I really want to talk about it. We've had lots of questions about it. I get the questions a lot on my tour about the beaches here and, you know, the access to the beaches because it's uh, probably the most important right for the public in Hawaii is the beaches. And there is a lot of battling going on between homeowners and beachfront property lines because if you have a, if you have a house on the beach you know, there's a point where your property ends and the public uh, right-of-way uh, infringes on it. And uh, it's just a fact that the Hawaii beaches really do belong to the public. And there was a recent article in the Huffington Post that really talks about this and states a new rule for determining where the shoreline begins. And it's 
historical evidence, which means historic swells, tides, waves from the past 10 years or so need to be taken into consideration when the state determines where you know, the beach ends and where the property line can begin because of this erosion. Because in the past, the state has allowed a single-year snapshot approach, if you will, which uh, guides the state surveyor solely on what's visible on the day that that particular surveyor goes out and visits a site. And what this article is basically saying is that that favors the homeowner and encroaches on what might be rightfully, you know, belonging to the public. So we have a situation here where the property lines for beachfront properties are being determined in, in many different ways. I mean, they're determining it from uh, talking about where the vegetation line is or where a debris line is or where a highest wash of the wave line is based on historical evidence and comma Ina witnesses and all these, you know, ways and all these factors play into a huge role on beach preservation and maintaining public access for, for beachgoers. And it, it means that, and it sounds to me like that the state is finally going to try and do something about this and trying to and try to define something like this. And really, there's even been a, a, a Supreme Court ruling, ruling that says that uh, Kaima Aina, witnesses, people that are here, should be included in determining where these beach lines are, where this beachfront begins and where homeowners' uh, property begins. And you might be asking yourself, Bruce, why are you talking about this? How is this going to affect me on my vacation? Well, for two reasons, because one, it's going to determine how much beach you have and how much you're going to be able to enjoy when you're here. And two, it, it determines the access points where you're going to be able to get to these beaches. And many new resorts and commercial and residential developments are cutting off the access to the beaches because they're simply building on what's left of these beaches and not including public access, which is actually... Uh, not legal. I mean, and so it's occurring on private lands without uh, a specific and de dedicated uh, public, you know, input and a path for for these uh, for people to be able to get get access to these beaches. And uh, you know, with every negative, uh, th there's also a positive, and there there's uh, only what I see is a lot of hope for this situation because it is a realization the beachfront neighborhoods. Uh, throughout Hawaii are not only for uh, being highly secured and heavy patrolled, and they also have a handful of public beach access points for hotel for uh, homeowners and for neighbors and visitors. And, you know, a perfect example of this, and there's been a lot of talk lately about trying to curb this stuff, is Lani Kai Beach. This is in a, in a, in a very nice residential area. It's on Oahu's east side. And they're actually four, I think there's four public beach access points along that area, right on Lanikai, uh, I guess it's Lanikai Loop there, that's there. But uh, a lot of the tourists don't know about it, a lot of them do now because it's publicized a, a lot, but it's not obvious to see where these points are. And a lot of these, a lot of visitors opt to find the beaches because they're close to public parking and restaurants and such, so they never really you know, go to a secret beach or an area, this just doesn't occur to them unless they, they, they somehow have been told about it. And of course, with the internet and a lot of people like me out here telling folks about these things, it, it does make it, 
it does, it, people seem to know about it a lot more. I mean, I notice it just doing tours and driving through the area on a pretty regular basis that more and more we see uh, just tons of people there in, in the Lanakai area. Um, on the North Shore, that's another place near uh, uh, Kayaka Bay over there, near that park, which is right in Haleiwa. Uh, there's the Turtle Bay Resort. There's about 35 public beach access points there. Up on Haleiwa, there's a couple of access points. Most of these places are well-known by locals. Tourists just may not realize that they're there. For example, a lot of people know about Pipeline. That's a big surfing spot, and it's usually very crowded up there. But what a lot of people don't know is that there's another spot that's very close by that a lot of people don't know about. It's uncrowded, and that's off the wall. So it just takes exploring the public path, paths a little more to find something that's a little less crowded. Um, the public access rights are um, all detailed out on this website. I'll put it up there for you. It's the Sea Grant Programs website if you really want more information on this. And each of the four major islands have different beach access ordinances. And those ordinances determine like how wide those access points need to be and at what interval that they need to be. I think on Oahu, it's a quarter of a mile. And in urban areas, it's about a mile apart. I mean, at a half a mile apart. So this just ensures that there's public access points in strategic places all along the area where the beach exists. And another, another great neighborhood that you can find some uh, beach seclusion on Oahu, and I don't really know a lot about the other islands, I have to be honest. I know there are others, but they, Oahu really has the most access points. And I've put a, um, there is a blog post on our blog about all of the access points on the islands. And that's just a separate post that we did a while back, and I'll try and dig that up and also link that from our podcast page as well. But you can find you can find these access points a lot in Waimanalo area as well, and that's on the uh, southeast side of the island. And the sand is really powdery soft there; it's beautiful. We take folks there on our tour, so if you take our Circle Island tour, you're going to definitely see that stuff. So. Hopefully this information helps you out if you're thinking about doing some beach going. The nice thing about it and the big encouraging thing about this is that it encourages you really to get out of some of the more popular beaches where they can be very busy, like Waikiki Beach. I mean, it's nice, but you know what? I mean, you don't want to, if you, if you want to be in a secluded beach, that's not the place that's going to be the place to do it. And finding these access points and finding some of these off the path beaches can make the difference in your whole beach day and really experiencing something of Hawaii that a lot of people who come here just don't get to see. All right. Well, I hope that uh, helps you out with the beaches. Don't forget to check out our website, www.hawaii-aloha.com. Give us a call. Let us try to earn your business. No matter what stage you're in the planning of, we can help you. All of our agents born and raised here lives their mo- here most of their lives. Also, check out our sister site for our latest tours. We have some fantastic tours for you. And some of the most unique tours in the island, including a Hawaii Five-O tour, Aloha Plate tour. It's a food tour. And especially our uh, special Circle Island tour. Uh, tons of things for you to enjoy in that. You can uh, check it out at uh, hawaiijeeptours.net. And uh, you can check out all our tours there. All right, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap it up. Don't forget, we won't have a podcast next Monday. Uh, I think if I can get to it Tuesday, I will, after I get back from Florida. For my beautiful wife, Yali, and all of us here at Hawaii Aloha Travel, I'll say aloha and mahalo.